Hey gang, this is Andy Zook, and you're listening to Bad at Parties. Super pleased to have Tony Kevin Jr. on the show this week. Tony has spent the past couple of years running his own business as a carpenter and is an amazing singer and songwriter. Tony is not actively selling his work right now, but you can find his tables on Instagram under the company's name, Tim Shell. There will be a link to that on all of our many, many social media sites. Check those out. Heads up on my end for an upcoming show. Uh, I'll be playing with my band Bears and Other Carnivores. We're going to be heading up the round at the Fremont Abbey on Tuesday, August 9th. If you've never been to a round event before, it's like nothing you've ever seen. Uh, three musicians, a poet, and a painter all on stage at the same time, taking turns, inspiring one another. Super, super cool. Everything this podcast is about. Okay, the last time I played the round, I shared the stage with Tony, so it feels very poetic to announce that here. Buy your tickets. But first, Tony Kevin Jr. Yeah, I think you use like keywords. It also depends on how much engagement you get. Right. The more some, the more likes you get in comments, and the more it shows up on people's feeds. Right. If you're somebody who like is actively and repeatedly trending, then you're going to trend again. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And if you use the hashtags that are trending as well, or the names, even just using Donald Trump on a for Black Lives Matter on a day that somebody gets shot. Right. Then you're going to be trending. Right. Those are words that are like, it's going to be like, oh, these words are constantly happening. Yeah. I feel like you have been really good with like making sure that you're posting often and actively, even just with like, not only with like Tim Shell stuff, but also just in being a person, you know <laughs> how to do that really well. <laughs> I don't That's know. Funny. I think that you're, you're like, I can count on seeing something from you frequently and like have it knowing that it'll have good content. Well, that's funny because I've actively been not posting. For oh, the last really? Two weeks. Maybe I'm maybe I'm thinking off my memory. I mean, it is a this the last week or so week and a half have been different because I started feeling really. Um, I've been feeling really frustrated with. Are you recording? Yeah. Oh. Um with the way that I've been engaging with the world. Hmm. Um, so I just, with the, you know, with the recent events, it's been pretty frustrating for me to want to say something and share something and, and fight for something when I don't feel like right now, at least my voice is, is valued. And that's probably incorrect, but it's hmm. just the kind of the way I perceive it. So like, you know what? I don't need to be posting all the time, not to try to like make a statement, but sure. just because... I've got a lot that I'm thinking about right now and I'm growing up and I'm about to turn 30 and um, that's kind of the time, right? When you're just like, what can I do to change the bad things about myself now? (laughs) Do you feel like the stuff that you want to be saying is stuff that you're seeing too much of or like you're just like, there's just so many opinions out there that people are constantly getting blasted from all directions and I don't want to just be another voice. Like, how do you fit into that like mold that you're like, no, I, I don't have a place. Um, I think a lot of it goes back to just my my history and my life, and it's it's less of I don't feel like I have a voice on this issue, even though most of the time I don't think I do or should speak up. And, sure. Uh, so, uh, but I think that I've always, since I was very young, had a a a problem of really really wanting to be liked. Hmm. So um, I'll do and say kind of intense things publicly, which a lot of people 
kind of praise me for and say, wow, that's so brave. Yeah. Because um, there, there are people who can relate to really intense, even emotional, it, you know, admissions. Totally. But then there are a lot of people who are like, you know, that, that was a little intense. I don't know how I feel about someone being that vulnerable. Not because being vulnerable is wrong, but because maybe there's more tact. Sure. Or maybe you can just like sit it out and think about this issue for a while before you just start posting right. photos or whatever and making the captions really long and intense. Right. I don't know. I don't know if I completely agree with what those people are saying just because I think that in just talking with people about like making this podcast or making art or the things that I see people being desperate for right now is like kind of folks seeming to get annoyed with the way that... Um, stuff is condensed into a five second like accessible thing or a quick photo you can skip through. Instead, it's, they're looking for the long post. They're wanting to find the, the show or the podcast that they can listen to for an hour. They're watching, they want to watch a show that they can watch for three weeks, not stop because they're just like, I want to immerse myself in something rather than like getting like shotgun by all these different directions and all totally. these different things that just like I just get this snicket, snippet I just get a clip of something that's a really good point I haven't actually thought about that and I and I will say too like I <clears throat> no one has yet said those words to me like yeah that was too intense hmm yeah I do know that a friend of my wife's um, she went out to drinks with her they're good friends recently asked her like so that post that Tony posted on Instagram about being really sad yeah and, I know. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like, basically, I took a selfie of myself crying, and even saying that is the most embarrassing thing to me. But in the moment, it was like, no, I want to be vulnerable and real and connect with humanity right now, and I can on a large scale with my phone. Sure. So I'm going to do it, and mm -hmm. so I did it, and so our friend and Sheriff went out to, to for drinks, and she's like, was that a little, was that a little hard for you? Was that a little intense? Okay. Here's the crazy thing. I had that conversation with somebody else about that post. Like oh, I had wow. that, yeah, like a mutual friend of ours. Sure, and sure. they were like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like he might regret posting that later. And I said like, yeah, he might. And I think that that's why I'm really impressed with him for doing it <laughs> is because that like, that fear I think is entirely based in shame. Like, and, and social shame. It's like, for the same reasons that you're doing it are the same reasons that you wouldn't. It's like, I want to be honest and authentic and like let people in onto this yeah. big thing that like we're not talking about. We're hiding this anxiety and we're just trying to make our Instagrams and our social media mm -hmm. presence look really beautiful and pretty and um, acceptable. And instead of saying like, I'm going to break that and I'm going to do the opposite. And it's like, mm, I'm not comfortable with that. And that, and so you shouldn't be comfortable with that. Yeah, absolutely, that's that's interesting. Um, I did end up deleting it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, a couple weeks later, though, not like right away. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in a, in a moment where I, I have a lot of alone time on the roof of the church before I go to bed, and you know, kind of a moment of like looking through my old posts and kind of trying to like look at look at the way that I've been perceiving the world and, and uh, engaging with the world on social media, and. Um, got to that post as I scroll farther down and I was like you know yeah I don't I don't like that and, and having heard Sheris um, you know tell her friend who asked her about that post having her and Sheris related to me she said yeah I told her that I was a little bit you know uncomfortable by it not because sure, sure. not because you were vulnerable but because you know you're not you didn't come inside and talk to me about it hmm you didn't you didn't, you know, we didn't have a conversation. You just were like out there on the roof having a smoke and a beer and, and you 
who were really sad and started crying, and I wasn't there. Yeah. I didn't ask for you. And that makes a lot of sense to me. So there's... Right. She's your wife, and it's like a different relationship yes. than, than the typical one who gets to say like, oh, of course you wouldn't share that with me. And she's like, hey, I'm in a different spot with you. Yeah, you just shared that with everybody but me. Hmm. Kind of thing. So, Interesting. And that's, that's a kind of the place where I'm at right now with, with social media is um, I find that I want to post um, or comment even out of a... Like I think most people do where you, you comment on something that might be serious or even funny because it makes you feel something right away and you kind of snap and you yeah. thought and you're like I gotta share the thought oh totally and you can get that instant gratification as people respond and like that like as that number increases you have an expectation of like if I achieve this number or more my expectation for how good this is can be overachieved absolutely like, it can be even better than I ever thought it was I thought yeah. this was only worth 40 likes it was <laughs> worth 50 yeah Damn, that was totally. a good one. And it's funny how you, you're really articulate with that stuff. That's how I think about that, that I've had a hard time articulating that. So I've been trying to... It's so funny to have like a serious conversation about <laughs> Facebook and Instagram. No, don't. I've been, trying to, I've been trying to just think more and, right. and learn more um, and investigate and study and spend some time pondering um, for the first time in my life, honestly. Sure. Um, and it's... So I just have no reason to post. I mean, like today, tonight I posted because I made my own handmade noodles, which yeah. was really cool. Uh, like, hey, and they were delicious. Well, delighted, guys. Dude, it's kind thank of you so much for sharing those. Yeah, they were amazing. Yeah, they weren't that great, but thank you. <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but I think like to like think about it that way is it's got less to do. I think there's nothing wrong with putting it out there. I think it's the simple moment of the can you stop the receiving back. Uh, I think like in this day and age so much of like the artists way to present themselves like you look at Tim Shell what you've done with like all of this really cool woodworking how many people know about that and how many of them have actually ever seen the physical like mm -hmm. pieces that you've made or seen any of that process like totally I'm gonna say like what like maybe five percent um, if and yeah. that's a high number, I think that is a high number. I think sure. that's a really high number, and yeah. I think that for a lot of artists who are, you know, getting to that point where they are, you know, saying like this is my lifestyle, this is what I'm doing, that number becomes like a one percent, and it mm -hmm. becomes like a percent of a percent. Yeah. And for a lot of artists, I think it can you can get confused, you can get tricked by the your own game where you start to believe that is my art that is me yeah rather than saying this is the starting point this is the this is the landing page this is the opening to it and i'm trying to get you sucked in deeper if you fall into your own trap there yeah totally like you're just the chef making your own really or eating your own really rich food over and over and over again you're gonna feel sick yeah yeah for sure yeah, yeah. it's really funny to see the difference between um the, I mean, if you use the right hashtags, mm -hmm. uh, basically what I do is I, well, on, on my Tim Schull, uh Instagram is I'll post a photo um, and then I'll post a comment right after the main caption with just like 50 hashtags. Um, and that way it's those hashtags are still attached to the photo and people all over the world are, are like searching those hashtags and finding it because they're, you know. I use your tricks. I learned them from you. Did you? That's <laughs> yeah. great. I learned them from other people. There so you go. Yeah. See, we're all figuring this out from somebody else. That's great. Yeah, That's totally. Great. Did you do the dot, dot, dot? Yep. 
Nice. Yeah. Good. That's awesome. And because it works. It does. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's zero things wrong with that. No, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it at all. I just think it's it's funny to see... Um, I mean, thankfully, the, the tables are very photogenic. Mm-hmm. So it's funny to see the amount of people go crazy for them um, when they have never actually experienced one in person. Right. It's like this 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 world that we've created online is a great way to dream about a different life. Right. And you created something that is, fortunately, really accessible through a medium that's really popular. Yeah. Like, that can get them to that starting point. And so, like, that can be really helpful. I think it's hard for musicians, a lot of musicians I see, for them to say, like, okay, I guess I'll use Instagram or I guess I'll use Facebook to try to get my stuff out there. But that like I'm having to promote so much stuff that isn't the actual music that isn't the actual songwriting I'm like building this universe around like you're branding yourself that's all you're doing at that point and I think with music too a lot of it is well one I think a lot of people at least in our circles here Mm -hmm. in Seattle are really tired of getting invites and seeing like please like my page or come out to the show you know it's like you know unless you're huge no one's gonna people just scroll right by it totally I, I do I hate doing it I, I hate know. putting that we stuff out there and it's it's kind of just like yeah well we kind of forced ourselves into this like culture and environment that nobody likes but what it does is it makes people it makes it easy for people to say no in, yeah, a, yeah. in a really comfortable <laughs> absolutely. way absolutely it, and so that's in a very passive way in a very passive <laughs> way like that's what people want and okay I don't know that I really have like a well that's wrong that's kind of just like well that's hard for me to like promote this but I do I do think that there might be a way to improve that mm-hmm. um, some kind of system some kind of maybe app or even if it's just like paying for ads on Facebook to sure. just like no matter what people are going to see it mm-hmm. um, but yeah it's hard you got to create you know engaging content that, that makes people look I mean that's why that's why the most random articles from you know BuzzFeed or New York Times or whatever when you see someone share that on Facebook, the photo is usually has like an attractive woman in it. Totally. Because people are like, oh, click. Yep. And I hate that so much. Like, I hate that. That it's real. It's very, very, it's very 100% real. real. Yeah. Um, and, <clears throat> but it might have nothing to do with the article. No. But that's what makes people want to engage. Is It's got to be an image um, or a concept that people are like, I want to see more. Yep. Totally. Or read more or hear more. So. Right. That's uh, I, I I got lucky with that with with the tables. Yeah, um, I definitely think so. I think what it, but it's still like, what's nice about it is it doesn't stop there. Is that it's like great you got in now, touch the tables now smell the wood like yeah. like if you get past that point you you want to experience it yeah. and like if you can get to that point I think that's so great and that's like that second level of experience that uh, once they find like. I mean, that's something that you get. You're trying somehow to take that experience that you have. Like, I, I love the smell of, like, the sawdust in the air. Maybe yeah. you're sick of it. But, like, no, I, I still love yeah. it. I still love it. Yeah. Totally. And it's just, yeah. like, that feeling and the, the just, like, touching something that you've made with your hands or that somebody else has handmade. And, like, wow, this was not made in a factory. Yeah. This was not made. Like, hands carefully looked over this. And, like, every detail has been seen before. I'm now exploring the care that was put into this yeah and even if even if you if somebody from instagram bought a table design that they saw and i want that same design sure i'm going to build it you know made to order for them 
and it'll be different because I use different wood. Sure. It's the same design. So there's, it's a really, really cool thing with those tables. And um, I'm learning a lot now that um, in order to run a, this business successfully and to see it grow financially, um, I need to be doing it with somebody else. I can't be doing it alone anymore. So, you Good. Know, that's great. Um, yeah, we'll see We'll see how that looks. That's a really future. sweet way for you to invite me. Like, I just feel really honored. <laughs> you want to be my business partner? I don't know. You want to be broke for a while and hope to make money? Dude, I'm already there. No problem. Yeah, yeah. Easy that's door. why I'm looking for a job. Got to interview tomorrow. Nice. Hey, so, that's awesome. Yeah. We'll Dude, I mean, but that's so real. Like, that mo- like investing yourself in that. I know people who are, like, quote, unquote, really successful musicians. I feel like that's the accessible thing for me to talk about. But they're, like, really accessible musicians. Yeah. But they're still, like, being like, yeah, and I barely have enough to, to get by. Like, yeah. I just, it's so costly it's yeah. so hard it's so exhausting and especially I, in seattle now. especially in seattle, seattle. Yeah. yeah the ridiculousness of like i want to be around other people creating i want to be around other people who are challenging me and exciting me and pushing me to be my best whether that's supportively or like because they're doing something better and i'm like i'm i accept this challenge totally. i will destroy you totally. like yeah um it's hard to then just be like yeah but then there's also people who are like oh yeah we're working on an international international level doing million dollar business deals yeah creating nothing ourselves i mean they're hard workers they're doing a good job they're doing something important but like how can the artists compete with that and live yeah. side by side with them yeah i'm not sure I'm not sure it should ever be that way. I'm not saying that, that artists should never make money. I think that they should. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that I, I don't mind at all when artists or companies like uh, Stumptown will sell out sure. to, a, you know, to a record label or to a larger, you know, whatever. Totally. Um, because that's what you got to do to make a living to take care of your dreams yeah. and your family or whatever. But um, I do wish there was a way for musicians and, and artists in general to be able to make a little bit more money uh, without grants and things like that, just to, you know, um, but also I don't know if I think that the arts in and of itself is something that should be a multi-million dollar industry. Mm. At least, you know, if you've got like 10 bands, um, they should make good money, but I don't think that they should be making a whole ton of money. And I feel really weird saying that, especially since a lot of your listeners are musicians, but, That's fine. Yeah. but, um, I think, challenge that, I think that what I'm trying to say is I think that in, in the world art has always uh, art and business have always had a you know a little bit of a, a difference and mm-hmm. that might come down to capitalism or um, money hungry businessmen or sure. I don't know but um, I think I'm rambling now though no but I, I think what you're like what it feels like is like it's the job of the artist to look at the really good deal and say that goes against the yes. ethics that goes against that's the morals exactly the point that yeah. I was trying to yeah, and I think that that's what we love. We we love that story. Like, I, I don't remember what song it was that Macklemore sang where he basically told the story of denying a record label and then going on to make his own mm-hmm. record label and putting out the heist on his own. Like, we love. I love that song yeah. because it's like, fuck the man. I'm going to do this. Yeah. I'm not going to be stopped. Of course yeah. I can create this. I don't need that. I don't need... Like, I mean, he's making fine money. I'm quite, yeah. I'm quite sure of that. I mean, Hope you, he is. Yeah. yeah. And especially in hip hop. Yeah. The uh, white guy in hip hop. White guy in hip hop? Yeah. Done. Entitled totally. to it, I'm sure. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, but like, you know, I think we love that story. We love seeing the person who says like, I don't need somebody else. I'm going to just live by my own rules and still be successful. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I just wish that the, 
the rest of the world would, you know, there's a lot of people that I know who are at every concert ever. Mm-hmm. Um, we were at Timber this last weekend, and I see all the same people who are not musicians. No. Who are there and so excited to see me, and, you know, you know, we, we, we catch up for a bit. Like, ah, yeah, it's been about a year since Timber last year, since I've seen you. And these people are so hungry to pay money right. for this kind of art. Yeah. Um, even even like paintings and, and things like that, um, they just love it. And I, I, even though I played music for a long time and went to shows and played shows, recorded albums, whatever, I never, I've never been able to relate to that. Dude, that's, I can 100% connect with that idea. Like, it's so hard being someone who, I've talked about this on the podcast, like, does, it's hard for me to grasp the value of the, of the things I create yeah. because I don't, like, I'm not saying I don't love music. I don't, sure. like, crave that and I don't engage with it. But it's, like, I have to recognize, like, it's because, like, that's a little bit of research is me search. Like, I want to understand myself better. I want to mm-hmm. understand my music better. It's hard for me to, like, say, like, if I wasn't that into music, would I go to shows? Yeah. Like, that'd be like me being like, I'm terrible at sports and I don't care for them very much, but I love I love going, I have season tickets to the Sounders, like, that yeah. doesn't happen. Yeah. You know, I don't. Totally. <laughs> right? That's not where I would invest my money. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, I, and I'm so baffled at, you know, not, and I think it's different with sports, but that was a good analogy. Mm-hmm. When, I, when I run into uh, Jason uh, at, at Timber every yeah. year, and he's just so excited to see me, and he's just like, "Hey, you've been writing songs yet? You know, yeah. are you doing it again yet?" And you know, I just I just miss your music so much, man. And you just touch my heart in such a beautiful way. Mm. Um, and he, he love probably, that guy already. Oh, he's, never he's met an him. amazing guy. He's I a, love him based on that description alone. He's just an amazing guy. Right. And he's and he looks at you with you know eye contact, and he listens. And mm. um, but him and a lot of people that I've met are very intentional about going to every show every festival hmm. um, paying for every record pre-ordering every album um, because they just love it so much and they just like 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 my friend Abby who writes you know who's, who's been a music writer in the past mm-hmm. um, had you know had her own blog just they just, those people just love going to shows totally and just they they're, they're in their happy place they're in heaven sitting in the crowd or standing there so close to the stage and just absorbing the live music. And I don't like that stuff. Hmm. It's really weird. It's like yeah. I enjoyed, for the time, I enjoyed performing, but I've never really enjoyed, like, the going to a show mm-hmm. thing. I, yeah, I've loved... There's some, been some shows that I really like going to, and there's been, like, some important moments in that where, like, even recently I went and saw, like, Under Oath had, like, a reunion tour, and yeah. it was it was just, like, a throwback to my childhood. That's it was, pretty awesome. It was so wonderful, and I... I, but I definitely know, like, yeah, I I can't imagine what it would be like as a person who isn't actively creating music. Yeah. And I'm glad for them. I'm glad for that. I think that that's a wonderful element of pe- in, in a human to just say, like, this feeds me in a different way. And so I am, and, it, and I know that it's a good thing in the world. I want to invest in it. Yeah. Like, great. Please be you. Please yeah. keep being you. Yeah. I don't understand you. Totally. Yeah. And I admire them so much as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I, it, I've switched from like a, what's the deal with you guys? To, right. from, and from the past, and that's just, that attitude comes from my own insecurities. Um, but I've switched from that attitude of what's the deal with you? Um, or what's wrong with you? Why do you like going to shows? To more of like a, wow, I really wish I was like you. Yeah. Because I do. Like, I, I have yet to find something that just makes me feel so 
just like the way that they feel good in those moments mm-hmm. when their band is playing on the stage and they're just they're just like soaking it in with their eyes closed and you know swaying to the music I'm like that looks really fun yeah and I it's just so in my head and so like worried about what's going on around me and I'm worried about parking and worried about how expensive booze is at the show yeah. Worried about being bumped into and worried about like getting anxiety and feeling like I'm an introvert and I don't want to. Mm-hmm. I'm worried about all these different things. And these people are just like, hey, I'm here. Like, yeah. But bad. what if that person? What if that person also like was worried about parking? Was worried about the cost of the beer? I'm sure like, they are. Is an insecure sure person, and then they got there and like somehow they were able to like get to that meditative state where they're like, and I let it pass through me, and I am yeah. experiencing this moment fully, like. I think that there's a huge beauty and a different type of art in that to be an audience member. Like yeah. to say like, I will join with all the people and we will become audience. I love that. Yeah. I love that, that when I think about art, um, I like the idea, like what you mentioned, of turning something kind of obscure into an art form. Mm-hmm. Um, like let, you know, just letting myself be an audience member and really experience and support these artists is in, its, in and of itself maybe an art. Sure. Um, I've been thinking a lot about how um, overcoming, I think Gabe mentioned it on the last episode. Uh, you guys are talking about the word resistance a lot. And yeah. I don't know if that came from The War mm-hmm. of Art, the book written by Stephen Pressfield. I haven't read it. Oh, he you should read has. You should read He's The War of Art. He's a good reader. Art. I'm a bad reader. <laughs> well, maybe not a good reader. <laughs> not a good reader. Not a real good reader. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry. I left the table. Um, in The War of Art, um, the term resistance is used a lot. And you might, if you're a Christ, in the Christian community, you, you might call it the enemy or the devil. Or mm-hmm. The thing that's out to make sure that you don't succeed. Mm. And it lives scientifically within all of us, um, physiologically in all of us. And for me, I've been, I've been, and I deal with a lot of resistance as far as like, I should probably take the garbage out. I don't want to do that. So I'm not going to do that. Yeah. And that's just resistance being like, yeah, just sit. Don't worry. But overcoming resistance and saying, no, I'm going to go do this thing that I have to do, sure. you know, grow up and become an adult, um, because I never really learned uh, at an earlier age to how to work hard. This sure. is only a new thing for me. Mm-hmm. That's becoming an art form for me, is yeah. saying no to resistance or like overcoming it has become an actual like, I want to be like really good at it. Mm-hmm. Not just because I want to work hard, but because I think it might be fun to just like kick resistance resistance's ass right well and i think that this is that funny thing about art is it's supposed to be a non-conventional way of approaching something that is good and that like we should be engaging in yeah and i think that we have sought out that non-conventional way and as a result we've forgotten the actual conventional (laughs) way like no no it represents something it represents these ways of engaging with society and engaging with yourself and being a person who is fully able to embrace this moment and like be present and so we get too sucked into the art like and can't be the audience uh, can't be the audience member. yeah yeah that's it. probably where i where i'm at when i'm at concerts i don't yeah. i haven't gone to a lot of concerts like most of the concerts i've gone to are just for like friends shows or yeah mostly just friends shows yeah and, and i love the music that they're making because they're my friends and i love them but i don't when I go to other concerts, I don't really find myself like loving, you know, loving the music. Sure. Um, and but I did experience this when when Sheris bought me tickets to Ryan Adams a couple years ago when he was in Seattle. Totally. For my birthday. And Ryan Adams is my favorite songwriter for many reasons. I don't think that he writes the best songs, but that he's just like I just love him. 
Um, he writes really good songs, though. He writes really good yeah, songs. Yeah, really damn good songs. And he's like, speaking, throwback to the social media, he's got great Instagram. Posts. Oh, he does. It's he's very funny. So he loves funny. that stupid selfie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, oh yeah so I love the guy a lot so we went to the the concert we're way up high in the seats at the Paramount sure and you can barely see him but I am just soaking it in yeah and that's probably because I'm sitting down and like I don't have to stand sure Um, but he's playing all these songs and he's that I love and he's funny and um, really engaging Mm -hmm. and I just found myself like I don't want to leave early like I always want to leave early totally but I don't want to leave until it's done yeah, I think that that moment of being an audience member, like I can, I think that it's kind of like being an audience member for me, like at a movie is like, can you become the main character? Can you say like, yeah, I'm Superman. Superman is me. That like, I've become that character and I want him to win because yeah. that means I win. And like, if you've got somebody that is your hero or like personifies that hero, uh, you can, you kind of have that moment where you're like, yes, I can, I can see that. And I like, Every success that they're having, I'm having at the same time. Yeah. It's this reciprocal climax. It's oh, right. it is. And, and, and at the show, I mean, I totally relate to that. Yeah. And at the show, you know, he, he had really hurt his back. Like, mm. like a day or, or maybe that day, I don't remember. But he has back issues. Sure, yeah. And he's just like, a couple songs where he's just like, wow, I'm in a lot of pain. Whoa. But we're going to play anyway. We're, we're going to rock out. Yeah, woo. And I'm just like, oh, I'm so sorry. I wish I could, like, you know, right. cradle you. Your back hurts. <laughs> yeah. Your body begins to feel pain. And yeah. you, like, can fully, like, yeah. it's empathy. Like, yeah. you have the ability to empathize. Rather than, like, when you go to musicians who are maybe at the same level as you or, like, a place where you're you're sitting there and you're breaking down every step that they're taking. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Yeah. That's the judgmental Christian side of Sure. Me, and also, you know, the thing that made you a good musician it's the thing that says like, oh, yeah. I wouldn't play that chord right there. I would have, I wouldn't have taken so long in the pre-chorus. Get to the chorus. Come on, everybody wants it. Yeah, we yeah, know yeah. we do. Let's yeah, get there. hungry. Yeah. yeah, totally. And so I think that if it's somebody who's so good, you're like, I couldn't improve this. I guess I'll just experience it. Totally. Yeah. I, th- I think that you're right. I will though admit though that you know five years ago when I was playing, um, I did find myself in a. I was. I mean, I've been very judgmental my whole life because sure. it's kind of the environment that I was raised in. And like, let's analyze this person and make fun of them, or like, totally. You know, like it's just part of this kind of white um, American small town culture. I think yep. maybe you know, in the Christian side of that. I mean, I am a Christian, so I'm not bashing Christianity, but you know, a lot of churches are more are more. Um, uh, what's the term? Legalistic, and, and mm-hmm. say, well, this person isn't good enough because of this. Yeah. So I'm. I have this awareness around me of like, is that person cool? Nope. Yeah. Is that person? That person. Like, can I cool. make them the other? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And mm-hmm. so I did have a problem with that in myself of doing that, kind of without me trying to. Sure. Of being at a concert and just being like, you know, looking around and being this judgmental guy. It's like, oh, that person's that person's a moron. Just look at that guy. Mm-hmm. Look at that guy. Oh my gosh, you're so stupid. You know, like being mm-hmm. so mean. Yeah, about someone I don't even know. No, just and just feeling hate as like you're surrounded by people feeling love. Totally. <laughs> yeah. I'm like no, <laughs> fuck you. Just a little piece of poop in a field of raisins. <laughs> <laughs> raisins, huh? Yeah, I don't know. It looks like poop. <laughs> you want it to? It does if you're too. colorblind at least. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. No, I, and I and I think, oh, I hate that. I hate that attitude. And I think that was a lot of. 
one of the reasons why I stopped um, mm-hmm. kind of playing and being a part of that culture was because I, I was learning a lot about myself and seeing things in myself that I don't like. Right. That I didn't like. And it's like, this is only feeding this. Yeah. This thing in me. Yeah, totally. And I, I mean, got to be done. I gotta, we've talked about this. Like, you're yeah. like, I have to stop creating this because it's making me a worse person. Yeah. Totally. Not because of anybody else, but because of me. And I so think I need to go to therapy, and yeah. a job, I need to like figure this out. And, and I'm sure that your perspective is different, like just in knowing you, but you were doing successful music. <laughs> you were being successful, you were getting attention, you my, were getting My noticed. perspective is different. I know, that's why I promised it. But I saw you doing something, and I saw you heading in a direction, and you changed course. Because I think that while that direction could have led to who knows what type of success? Who knows how that is measured in the music industry? Who knows of any certainty in that? Like, right. you can be cool one day and total shit the next day. Um, but you said, with the unknown promise of this possibility, I will stop and I will say, that also, I know that that leads to me not being a good person. That mean, leads to me not being my best self. And I have to change and I don't think that's a choice a lot of people make I think that I know plenty of musicians who are not their best selves plenty of artists who are not their best selves because they choose they say my music aka myself is more important than the people around me and how I treat them hmm. I know I've never thought about it that way hmm. I like that we're in the counseling room we are yeah. I'm feeling like <laughs> therapy is happening ah. I mean I will say I mean I I yeah I mean I, I was pretty I was pretty naive um, about certain issues that I was trying to be really bold about. Mm-hmm. Um, I, don't, I mean, I don't know how much, how much time do we have left. Yeah, we're like halfway through. Oh, wow. I That's, know. I thought we had less time than that. No. I mean, I, I, I chose to... I tried to say or sing, I guess, a couple of things, make some statements that I was in no way, like, um, had the... I had I in no way had any life experience sure to try to say I think you had like you had that MLK yeah well, like if you want to get into that yeah, yeah like you had that which was like a white you know mid twenties male living in Seattle right in this I, I look back on that man and I just I just I, I just SMH man I just SMH I shake my head dude I I still like loved that because it was. And here's the thing, is like I was going to a small like Christian college at that time as you're putting that out. Yeah. And it was it was like, you know, the Black Lives Matter thing isn't happening. The like the Barack Obama had not yet been elected as president at that time. No, I think he was. Oh, was he? It wasn't okay. uh, yeah, it was it, it was like an, eight years ago. Okay. I feel like it was, but okay. You probably know better because you put it out. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe uh, it was eight years ago. No, I wasn't I wasn't twenty one. Okay. I was I was like twenty four. Yeah. But I feel like when you you release that, like I know people who are like, I am aware of my white privilege. Like that alone is an accomplishment. To have any white male like say like, oh, I'm I'm checking myself. I think that I, I love you so much because you give so much benefit of the doubt, um, and I I think that I'll, I'll you know in this sense you're right in some ways, but I think that. Um, Having it come from a white male perspective is still like, but we don't know. We, we'll no. never be able to relate. And so, you know, there was one guy, Andrew Matson, who I've never met. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if he's still writing for the Seattle Times or whatever, but he wrote just a really quick blurb, not even quite sure what he said, about this EP 
you know, with Martin Luther King's mugshot on it, it says poverty on the front, um, and kind of briefly explain that, you know, there's not one song on this album that has to do with Martin Luther King, but this is the image he chose, and, and it was kind of, it was hard, because it was short, just like, this kid doesn't know what he's doing, and then there was a handful of comments from, from people of color, hmm. and, you know, I, when I read them then, I didn't, I still didn't quite understand, but I understand now. Yeah. They're like, you know what, this kid, this is one of the, one of the problems, he's part of the problem. Mm-hmm. Like, we appreciate, like, I, I can't say word for word what everybody said, but sure. I understand the heart, but this kid is a moron, because if you're really trying to tackle an issue, then don't end your album with a song all about you. Mm. When the song is all about you, it's three songs. Yep. And the last song is called Poverty, and that's the name of the album that's the, on the cover, of, you know, over Martin Luther King's face. And that song is all about how I am lonely. Mm. And that's like, it's, it's and, I, and I hate to just bash on myself because I do love the song and it means a lot to me that I had friends sing on it and, um, and a lot of people bought it. But looking back now, it's, it's kind of makes me realize, oh, this is what I, this is, this is like posting on Facebook. Sure. Or this is like posting on Instagram when I'm really emotional. This is like, I just had an idea of a concept for a record and I want to put it out there. And I just want to do it. And I didn't even finish it. Like I had planned to write a song called Dr. King. Mm. And I couldn't get it done. And I didn't like how it was turning out. So I said, who cares? Screw it. I just want to get this album out. Mm. So let's not turn this into a, sorry, too much of a conversation about that album. But it does, for me, well, circle back yeah. to um, art and not really understanding what you're doing or being too emotionally decisive about right. something. When you might, you probably have no idea, especially with people of color and those kind of issues. That's totally, what you're talking about. Well, and I think it's yeah, that's such a an uh, hard thing to enter into that place where you have to like get this point, and you have to say like, yeah, I made an artistic call, and I can retrospectively look back and say that was the wrong call. Yeah, at, at least maybe I could have released the you know put out the song, included the song Dr. King on there, and yeah. just waited till that was done. But yeah. but like. Just to like, I'm gonna, and I know I do give the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. That's because, and I, I love that's that. gonna be inherent to who I am, and I'm gonna keep doing that. But you're here talking with me about that, and you're saying that right now, and you're putting those thoughts it out. It helps. It helps. Yeah, but you're putting that thought out into the world of, hey, I took on this perspective where I thought I understood. I can now come on the other side of that and say I did not understand. I think that that is beautiful to say, like, to have somebody who says, I was wrong. Like, if you don't have the ability, like, I love the ability to say I was wrong. I think that that's one of the rarest qualities in our communities today. And I think it's beautiful. And I don't, if you're not going to be willing to take a risk, if you're not going to be willing to try something that you, you think, like, I think I'm coming at this from the best of intentions. I'm really trying to do a good thing. And you, you're wrong. Yeah. And then you have the strength and like the integrity to say, I was wrong. Totally. I'm sorry for that. Like, I, I recently was talking to a friend. Actually, I can't remember. I think this was on the podcast, but I think like, like that's, it's tough to like have that in a community where for like in this day and age with African American like population, like, or like you don't get, like they're saying, like these people are saying, like you don't get to like have the opportunity to be wrong. Or I'm saying mm-hmm. we don't have the opportunity to be wrong yeah, because yeah. 
the cost is people are dying right now. Exactly. Yeah. And so like I'm like it's not it's that's inequality that I have the freedom to be wrong. And that yeah. if they're and if they are wrong or their family is wrong or someone that they know is wrong, they could get shot. Even if they're not wrong. Even if shot. they're not wrong. Yeah. If they were if they were totally in the right, like that they don't even have the they don't even have the freedom to be wrong. Yeah, and I, I was talking to Sheriffs about that the other day. Yeah. Like I've realized, you know, my privilege recently um, in a really heavy way because of these recent shootings and um, and what a privilege it is to, to grieve and not feel danger. Mm. Or what a privilege it is to release an album like that, realize that I was wrong and like be able to get over it. Right. Like that's, yeah. Yeah. I, really I mean, could you imagine if you were a, an African-American person who released an album that offended a white community and it predominantly like white community, yeah. like you would probably not feel safe. Yeah. You still felt safe after you did that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of an eye opening thing for sure. Art is a, especially when you're, when you're a young, emotional, uh, more feminine, cis male. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like it's, it's just a lot of it for me was just like reactionary art. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you know, I think everything that I want to try to do in my life, um, even with woodworking, I want to somehow in the future really integrate a, um, a, a philanthropical nature into the business. But everything that I wanted to do has been to help people and to speak for, you know, speak sure. on behalf of other people, not speak for other people, but mm-hmm. speak on behalf of people who, um, are overlooked. And that was the ultimate goal. Sure. Um, was to say, you know, point out two different figures, you know, Mother Teresa and Gandhi, the two, like, biggest badasses in the last 120 years. Sure. Um, just people, just advocates for the people who are the least of these, basically. Mm-hmm. The people who everyone hates or, or overlooks. And the feeling of being lonely and overlooked is the greatest poverty, you know, according to Mother Teresa, so... Like, yeah, let me point. Let me let me let me speak about this. You know, mm-hmm. I see that heart in this little twenty-four-year-old kid. Um, and five years ago wasn't wasn't not that long ago, but you know, and I see that heart, and I see that heart in so many other people and our friends in Seattle who mm-hmm. who want to do something positive, make a positive impact, or say something positive. Maybe not social justice oriented always, sure. but. They want to do something. They want they to make see people feel negativity, people. and they want to yeah work on it. Or they yeah, or they'll write a really sad song because they they know that people can connect and relate to it. Sure. And that brings people together. And, Absolutely. And that ultimately is the feeling that everyone wants is that communal feeling of like I'm not alone. Sure. We're in this together. Sure. And I love that. So on on that you know on that on that side of the coin, I'm like yeah, I'm glad I didn't release that. I was trying real hard and. Maybe got a little ahead of myself and was really excited to see what people thought. Sure. But yeah, I I still think that that's what you got to do. You got (laughs) to like as much as all of those things are true. Like, I think that we are humans that will be wrong and we've got to continue to try to do something that is the best that is in the end, like saying like, well, I'm going to continue to pursue knowledge. I'm going to continue to pursue these ideas and I'm going to challenge myself to make an uncomfortable decision I'm going to put myself in communities where I am challenged by various perspectives. Yeah. Put this out there. And being a part of, or at least being allies within those communities. Sure. As a privileged white male. Yeah. I yeah. think, I think I, I see that in like, 
the woodworking and like I've thought about this a bunch of how you're like using materials that are salvage materials and though like and like putting stuff at like what really is a really affordable cost that is out there and like ha making something that is a really beautiful high quality thing in a, in a way that isn't like that isn't saying like you have to be at this uh, financial bracket to achieve this it's saying like hey the world around you maybe you uh, live in the houses that these types of like would be like salvage from I know I have yeah and like I'm like wow you took that and you made that really beautiful and I think it was really inspiring for me to like start doing some woodworking stuff that's like, awesome just being like oh Tony's just you, doing it and you make good stuff too oh, thanks. when you put your mind to it yeah yeah when I put my mind to it I don't very often no, <laughs> I mean I've only seen pieces that you've done when you put your mind to it so sure. I haven't seen like, any scrap pieces that you're like yeah totally I'm kind of like I'm definitely somebody who if I'm gonna do something I'm gonna do it like a hundred percent and kind of l not neglect responsibilities yeah. at some points. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's a hard thing. I've talked about that with Heather really recently, and she, how she was really, like, I, um, in the last month, like, gave up drinking anything other yeah. than water. And yeah, talked about just that. Water. Yeah. yeah, and it was. She was like, "That's so great. That's so cool that you're somebody who like says I'm gonna do this, and then you just do it, and like." That's awesome. However, it's also hard that you're like a super Taurus and you're like really headstrong and like you are bad at hearing other people when you think something is true. Yeah. And I said, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't realize you were into astrology there. I'm not, but she is and she's taught me. Nice. I'm learning. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm not either. I don't. I don't Do you know your sign? Uh, Virgo. 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 What is what is a Virgo? I don't know. What does it mean about you? I don't. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I don't I I don't think that people who are born in that same time frame, which is like the middle of August to mm -hmm. the middle of September, I don't feel like I can like relate to those people. Right. Like, not that I can't, but I don't see like, wow, we're so alike. Right. That must be the same it's a funny sign. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> like or like if somebody's apparently like the opposite side, like your opposite sign. Right. Then you're like you, you connect with those people more right I and I've never really realized that but right. I'm also not thinking about it right know. I think it makes a lot of sense if you're living in small communities where it's your family and maybe two other commit families yeah and then like another few villages away there's another family exactly and exactly. like oh but that person was born in that month totally don't talk to them totally yeah and I think a lot of people you know take that really seriously which I mean I don't know enough about it to, to bash on it but I know you know I can't I can't say that there isn't like you know <laughs> That the gravity of the moon or where you're at in the orbit of the sun doesn't mm -hmm. actually like maybe it affects you yeah, when you're born. Sure. Maybe there's certain like maybe there's certain rays being shot from the sun because of this distance and the earth is at this angle. Yeah. And that affects your developmental stages. It could, but could. also I feel like the gravity and the energy of the doctor pulling you out. Uh, when you're the day you're born is probably more potent. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so so maybe it has to do with the doctor. I don't know. Totally. Who knows? Yeah. Anyway, I, yeah, I think that's funny. Totally. I think it like it's funny to think about that. Like, how do you become who you are today? You know, I like you're born. Maybe if you were born in India and you were like born into a completely different religion, or you're born into a completely different community, it's like, of course, I would be. Yeah. A different person. Yeah. 
how could I not be? Yeah. But also, it's kind of like, but that universe doesn't exist. I mean, maybe it does. It, it probably does. It probably does. You there's think there's? Do, I, ooh, we haven't talked about. Do you think that there are inter- infinite parallel universes? Um, <laughs> I'm not a scientist. I know. But I, I am a man of faith, and and based on my obsessive learning and research on these kinds of things, I am 110 percent convinced that there are mm-hmm. infinite parallel universes or mul- it's a multiverse yeah not a universe and, sure um it's fun to imagine what that might look like i mean it could just be there could be a whole universe out there that is all like the exact same thing here on earth you know and, and i'm in there there could be a whole universe out there that is the life that i live if i hadn't taken this drink right here right like if i were sitting right here and i just chose not to take that drink that is a possibility yeah that could lead to a, <laughs> like maybe that's the only change and there's enough energy and possibility in the universe to say why not totally and i think that's really fun i just binged yesterday a new netflix show called stranger things mm-hmm. um and it's kind of trending right now it's all over facebook i haven't heard about it at all oh my gosh is it cool it's a netflix original uh and it's Man. it's like this um i guess you could say like a steven spielberg stephen king it's like et and goonies mixed with like a stephen king novel cool where it's 1980s and the main characters are these like little you know like 12 year old 11 year old boys mm-hmm. who like to ride their bikes and one of them gets lost and taken you know, by this mm. creature, mm. Um, and there's and it's very very mysterious. Eight episodes, and every at the end of every episode, there's like a mystery or some kind of thing solved. And you're like, what? Yeah. And um, is it kind of like Monster of the Week type thing? No, it's all one story. Oh, it's all one story. It's all one okay. story. Um, and there is some resolution at the end of the season. Um, but and I'm not going to give too much away. But no, it was it was really cool. It deals with some I don't know, I should, well yeah. parallel universe. Yeah, stuff. sure. And is it is it just like a one season? It's done. I don't know. I don't know. I know a lot of people are saying, man, I hope they make a second season. But I'm also kind of thinking, I don't know how they could. Right. I'm I'm such a I'm people. such a big fan right now of the one season show. Yeah. Like, I watched um, what was that one with James Franco where he goes back in time. So oh, like, yeah. Oh, what was it called? It was 11, the date. 20, 11, 22, Yeah. Oh, my gosh, dude. Amazing show. Great show. One season, don't, like, if they made another season, be the worst thing in the world. Well, it was not also, that show was a Stephen King book. Oh, was it really? Yeah. So, yeah. Reader. <laughs> no, I've never read it. I just, I just did, I just Googled it. And sure. It was like, oh, Stephen King adapted, or J.J. Abrams adapted Stephen King's novel. And sort of, yeah, I love that. That show is mm-hmm. so good. And you're just so satisfied by the end of it, too. Like, that was a great ending. Yeah. I think that, like, if I'm watching any television show, if I'm engaging with any, like, anything like that, like, nothing inspires me like sci-fi. Oh, yeah. Same here. Yeah. I'm, I'm sci-fi, fantasy, all the way. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. I, I've been <laughs> really... I've watched it twice, and I've been thinking about watching Fringe for the third time. you watched it all twice? Yeah. Wow. I couldn't get past the second season. For the first run-through? Like you've never seen past the second season? No, and I've heard that it gets like incredibly good after oh, season two. Yeah, I mean it takes a little dip in the last season because you're like I don't understand what's happening. But dude, I, I think you would like it. I know that I would because I enjoyed everything that I watched. I yeah. just like, just stopped, you know, because I had a different feeling one day. Right. I was like, sure. I want to switch to Boy Meets World. Sure. <laughs> I mean that's uh, that's also such a funny thing. Like when people are like, Hey, you should watch this show. It's like that's so much of an investment. I know. How am I going to invest? And that? you know, I'm willing to make the investment 
But you've got to make a damn good case. Yeah. And you've got to be okay with me not being your friend <laughs> anymore. Yeah. Like, people tell me, like, hey, you should watch the show. If I don't work with you and you're telling me that, you're saying, I'm tired of seeing you. Totally. I would like you to disappear for a month. <laughs> Fine. And, and the, or if you're someone like me, where, like, my best, one of my best friends, her name's Rebecca, tells me just about every time we hang out, have you, have you, have you watched more Parks and Rec yet? Mm. Have you watched more Parks and Rec? Sure. I'm like, well, I watched the first season and I thought it was funny and I totally would watch more. I just haven't. She's just totally. Like, that's how I feel about Parks and Rec. I love Amy Poehler. She's yeah, great. great. Super funny. Yeah. Can I if I watch season two? I think so. I don't know. It could, uh, yeah, apparently. I watched it like Seinfeld. I just watched. I just you know. Yeah. Here's an episode. There's well, an episode. I, I've seen all of Seinfeld like ten times. That's no surprise. <laughs> I'm a big old big Seinfeld. Guy. Yeah. Big old Seinfeld. Well, thanks for talking. I'm sorry if I made you feel embarrassed and like talking about that stuff, but I really feel like about the uh, about the MLK stuff. But oh, like, no. I feel like no, I don't feel embarrassed. I just good. You don't look embarrassed. I I mean, I, if maybe you were blushing, I wouldn't know because I'm again colorblind. <laughs> but I love I, how you bring that up all the time. I do. Well, it's my body. It's my choice. Um, but yeah, I just I think you're a really cool, dude. I just really appreciate the way you engage with the world and the way you. Challenge yourself and you push yourself. And thanks, man. Yeah, Thank you. you're a good friend. And I appreciate you too. And I was really excited to be on your podcast. Not sure if you noticed, <laughs> but I am the first <laughs> reviewer. Did you review it on iTunes? I rated it and I reviewed it. I, I haven't checked. I've been. I asked people to in the last episode, and I That's haven't looked. Exactly why I did it. I paused the episode. I was like, no, hold on, pause. Went on. Five star. Wrote the whole thing. Wow. And people can do that right now? <laughs> yes, you can do that right now. All you have to do uh, is go to the podcast app. Go to the podcast, Bad at Parties. There's nothing worse. the review tab. Oh, I'm doing it for and you. And throw your phone on the ground. I'm doing There's it for you. There's nothing worse than a, in a conversation podcast than people suddenly being like, oh, and now all of a sudden the people are in the room with me. They're not. <laughs> They're in the future. They're dead right now. Oh, my God. They're ghosts. My goodness. No, but yeah, go to uh, <laughs> Bad at Parties, top three review tab, and rate it. You know, rate it what you think. Yeah. Timshell.com? Timshell.net.org? I've taken my website down for the time being. Okay. I might bring it back up, but uh, Timshell Tim Woodworking, T-I-M-S-H-E-L. That's all one word. Yeah. And then Woodworking, Instagram, Facebook. And yeah. And they can, people, someone could DM you and you'll send them splinters or something. Splinters? Yeah, like wood. Like wooden splinters in the just, Put some wood in the envelope. Thanks for, thanks for DMing me. <laughs> Here's some old wood from this the Seattle. Yeah. yeah, not going to do that. Not going to. Okay, well, they'll get to connect with you. Cheers, man. Yeah.